Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. Hi, and welcome to this session with Michelle Raymond. Michelle Raymond is a HR specialist, visibility strategist, certified master NLP practitioner, and an award-winning international speaker and trainer. She's also a TEDx speaker and the founder of The People's Partner. Michelle has a really lovely way about her, and she is always striving to make a difference in people's lives. She's also um, been on The Guardian, the BBC, Sky TV, and I'm really looking forward to getting Talking Money with her and a little bit about her story and her journey around wealth. Well, I remember, Michelle, one thing clearly about you from online is your wedding. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Tell me about your wedding. Oh, wasn't it beautiful? Oh, my God. I tell you, Rebecca, it was it was like a fairy tale. It was. The thing is, I said, I definitely didn't want to get married in the UK. I wanted somewhere beautiful, great scenery, great vibe. And uh, getting married to Thai was the, and getting married in Thailand was the best option. Yeah. Um, And we wanted to find somewhere where we could make sure that we could have an elephant. Um, And that's (laughs) what we did. We had an elephant, so we just made sure that we there was space for them because the place we wanted initially didn't have that facility that that area where they can walk down so I didn't tell anybody so the only person who knew about it was my mum and my sister at the time so everybody was absolutely like shocked like what's going on and um and I remember when I was organizing it with my cousin she said oh why don't you use the backing track for coming to America, you know, coming to America, <laughs> where you've got bong a bong a bong and elephants in the background. So that's what they heard first. And then I came in and it was lovely. It was, everybody was shocked. You came in on an elephant. I came in on an elephant. And awesome. I was like, jacked in, so I was like holding on for dear life, but it was so good. And the, that is one amazing entrance. Amazing. And the, the video edits of it, was they, I mean, they used all the sound, they use their own soundtracks. My my cousin is a professional singer and she sang me as I was walking down the aisle and they actually got the real original song and they edited it so it looked like she was singing. So when the real song was singing, her mouth was in sync. They, they were brilliant. Oh my God, it's just so much small bits that I've... But I just remember the beach, right? I just remember you in your dress, you know, your beautiful dark skin and him, like, he's so handsome. Yeah. And this, you know, this, this uh, like, regal way and he's holding you up. Yeah. I just remember those pictures. How long ago was that? So now it's four years. Wow. Four yeah. years. It's amazing. So that, that's the most thing I remember about you. I mean, obviously, I know what you do is your job and your business, but it's always the way, isn't it? It's what you remember about people. Yeah. <laughs> What does she do? Something to do with HR. Yeah, oh my God. The <laughs> Down the aisle from, um, uh, with, with an elephant. Not, 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 not a human being, an elephant. An elephant. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. So you're with us today to talk about money. And I, as I always ask the first question, and I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but um, I know it's going to be awesome. So 
Michelle, what does wealth mean to you? Walking down the aisle with an elephant, maybe? (laughs) That is wealth to me. (laughs) Do you know what I think? And actually, you're right, you know, because for me, wealth is an abundance. Mm. And for me, it's it's not just strictly money. I think it's an abundance of um, friends, an abundance of love. I know so many people who quote unquote are rich mm-hmm. not wealthy mm. um and i feel you're just saying that, that they're miserable you're basically saying that yeah, they're like they've got all the money but they're still miserable all the money and they 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 feel that they're rich because they spend a lot of money i feel what do they spend their money on a bit like cars they do a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of designer stuff mm. and then and then i think to myself when I then when I look at how your life is, how I mm. I think it that it doesn't equate. How can you just be wealthy in one aspect and not so much in another? Mm. Or you're still living from paycheck to paycheck, although you might make a lot of money, but you're still living from paycheck to paycheck. That's not mm. well. That is not no. well. No. I always say to I always say to people, it's not how much money you make, it's how much you're spending. That's where I think is that gap. That's where the wealth is, is in the gap. You should be yeah. way more than you're spending. That's wealth. That's the abundance. Yeah, and being happy with it, right? Because like, this is what I noticed. So um, about, oh, actually probably about eight years ago, so somewhere between nine, nine and eight years ago, when I first started, um, actually, no, before that, I worked for another firm. So before I started my own business, I worked back, um, the session here, and I went to work um, as an insurance advisor, an independent uh, insur- insurance broker. Um, but I went to people's houses and I went to this guy's house and it was one of the first clients I'd seen with like proper money, like real money. And um, he earned, I think it was for me at the time, because we're talking over 10 years ago, it was 120 grand was his basic salary plus bonuses. You know, it's much more than the average salary. Um, it's not so much of a shock to me now, but at the time it that was like, wow, this is a lot of money. Um, and he wanted to insure himself because he had three young children and a wife and he looked after them. She didn't work. And we did one of the things you have to do to make sure they can afford the monthly amount for this insurance. You know, it's a good few hundred pounds a month mm. um, was to do a budget plan and check what they're, you know, what they've got spare each month. And literally everything that he had come in would be spent. And he didn't know on what, um, but through this conversation, cutting the long story short, um, with John Lewis, most days she went to Blue Water. I live in Kent, so she went to Blue Water. There's a lovely John Lewis there, oh, and she went. Oh, pardon? I said we're neighbours, by the way. Oh, are we? <laughs> have really? Oh, we, we should have this conversation offline because yeah. then, um, yeah, we, might, we should meet for coffee or I don't yeah. drink coffee, tea or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's the second person recently I've discovered lives actually really close to me, which is yeah bizarre um she'd go to john lewis and spend all the money in john lewis and he was literally so shocked he just didn't know and whereas i had clients who were earning 10 grand a year so 100 grand less and they were just as abundant as you would put it they were just as happy in actual fact you couldn't really tell the difference 
Um, apart from the fact that he earned twice as much, the difference was is that you, what people tend to do is they spend everything they've got. And even if they get a bonus or they've got a tax break or they've got a little bit of a pay rise, the first thing they do is, okay, what can I spend it on? It's like this natural thing. They're like, not, what can I save it? What can I invest in the future? What will give me a longer term? Do yeah. I need to top this up? Do I need to overpay? What do I, no, what can I spend it on? Yeah, yeah. So what you're describing is, is what I've seen for years, yeah. what clients do. I see it so often. And I just think to myself, gosh, I know where I make... I know where I fit in the the wealth spaces, and when I when I know people who make a hell of a lot more money than I do, and then but I say, but I'm in no debt, and then mm. they're in debt, but they make way more money than I am, and I said, but I, I you know apart from my mortgage, yeah, I don't owe anything, and so for me that's where I am wealthy. Mm. You know, I might I've got I, I do have uh, investment property. So I've got real estate and I uh, do forex trading as well. Yeah. Well, I you know, put some money in forex trading. But for me, it's because I, I just don't, I don't spend above what I earn. I just no. don't. So that's- if, you, if you had, let's just say you had got, took on a really good contract and I do bits and pieces in Dubai and stuff. And let's just say you've got a really great contract that was like a two month project and you, you went an extra 10 grand. It wasn't 10 grand that you'd normally have. It came yeah. into the business. What would you do with it? So um, this actually happened. <laughs> so, um, and it happened. I didn't know that. Like, by the way, <laughs> I'm just telepathic. <laughs> but it happened in January. Of this year. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> and, and you know what I did? I, I always work out, okay, I always want to treat myself. So I did treat myself and I just bought, I think I bought a couple of bags. That's about it, really. But oh, Michelle, that's just so typical. Was it Mel's cause? Michelle, what's it called? What's that? Michael cause? Was it uh, one of those? Yeah, I do like Michael cause. <laughs> I actually bought, um, no, it's another, it was another brand. Oh, I can't remember the brand. Um, Hermes. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then I said, and I told my mum, and then she said, oh, Michelle, do you know what we should do with the rest of the money? We should invest it. And it was through her she gave me a contact of someone who's forex trading. So I just put the rest on that. And I make more interest there than I do if I just put it in my bank and saved it. Was so it totally, yeah. So how do you feel, let's just talk about risk for a minute as we're on the subject of forex trading, because I do have my feelings on forex trading, which I, I'm not going to like go on a rant or anything. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm interested in your perspective because I'm, yeah. I'm open-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, what attracted you to it? So my husband was in, into it first. I, if I'm really f- honest, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I just know that I can make money out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and you pay someone else to do the trading for you. Yes, yeah, so I don't do it at all. Um, so well, that to me is much smarter than you yeah, pay. This is one of my pet peeves, and this is where my little rants. So sorry, I am going to go on. Oh, it. oh you rant. <laughs> but <laughs> is that there's people out there that teach people how to do it and. The thing is, is that they charge 10 grand, let's say, and to, to, to teach you how to do it. They teach someone how to do it and actually discover it's not part of their skill set. You could teach them until you're blue in the face. They're never going to have the skill set to be able to actually do it. And that's not a judgment on them. It's just you're not that kind yeah. of person. One, you might not want to actually stay up until two o'clock in the morning when the other traders open in the other parts of the world. That's a pretty good reason why I wouldn't want to do it. Um, 
and it's knackering and it's on very small marginal gains right so if you don't understand the context of that and you're being sold something that's like shiny object syndrome people start pushing on those emotional buttons yes. which for money i that's where i get annoyed yes. whereas what you've done is you've gone nah i don't want to reskill in something else and i'm going to stay in my lane and do what i know is right but i will pay someone else to do it and that's smart that is it and that is exactly it and i said all i said this is what i've got to give you this is the pot don't come back to me and ask me for more this is it yeah and i know you've done it for other people and you've done a good job so i just trust you with that and that's all i've done so i've left it and they send me updates now and again that's fine because that money would have just i would have just put it into the bank and whatever yeah and the apr is or whatever at the moment so i just i just left it that and that's that's yeah. the extent of my forex activity <laughs> yeah but it's, at least you've so i talk to people about um do your foundation first so look at um you know so for example my husband wanted to for years he was talking about doing i talked this before about uh, doing premium bonds so for years he was like i'm just going to do premium bonds I was like just don't even bother doing premium bonds i said to him <laughs> Go off a go, just oh, if it makes you feel better. He was very safe and secure. Um, and then I just kept saying to him for about eight months, maybe even longer, you'd be really good at trading. You'd be really good at it because he's, he's like an analyst at heart. Nice. He analyzes everything. So he would like go on to a company's house. He would go on to the different trading platforms and see what the companies were doing. He would go onto their websites and look at news articles and study the companies. And that's the extent of what you need to be doing if you're buying shares in companies. And you need to do that on a consistent basis. And he would do it for fun. <laughs> but I'd say to him, you should go and do trading because you should be trading in these companies. And, um, I said to him, he said, okay, so how much, how much should I be playing with here? I said, you've got to imagine this is like your play money. Imagine this is you going into the local bookies and you're, pa pa you're playing with money on the bookies on a horse. And even though you've done the research on the horse, at the end of the day, it can fall at a hurdle and you didn't, you didn't even know it was going to happen. So only invest what you're willing to lose because it's a game and you've got to be willing to lose it. So you don't invest any of our money that we can afford to lose. Mm -hmm. So he has gradually grown it. But and then he, as it was, he was getting quite good at it. I was like, actually, we need to put this into an ISA because of yeah. the capital gain and because of the interest on it. Um, so we've advanced it a little bit more. Um, but we've had, we've done that. He's done that. And he's actually done quite well. Um, but it wasn't a way, it was play money. It wasn't part affecting our core foundation of our pensions and our mortgages and our savings and our other investments. So, I think it's brave for people to start doing these things. I think it's good for people to be doing these things. It is part of the wealth conversation. As long as it's not like you said, like your bread and butter, as long as it's not going to affect your livelihood, as long as you're not um, taking, I feel taking out debt, for example, to pay for a program, which, yes. you know, to yeah. learn something that you're not going to consistent, consistently do anyway, or have any money to put back into it. Yeah, this is it. This is yeah. it. Yeah. So will you put more into it, do you think? Or would you do something different? Uh, to be fair, I'm just going to see how that matures. And, um, and, and I've got a couple of properties and I'm just looking at how the state of the market is at the moment. And you know, just thinking, I've, I've got one property that I have converted into a multi a multi House of multiple occupancy yeah, like a hmo yeah so that has that's 
been really good because it was a big yeah. house. The property that my, my mum and I invested in, we were living in it. Right. Um, and then I went back to my own property. So she went back to her old property. We, all, we both had our old properties before we lived in this one together. Right. And then on, when I divorced, so I, wanted, I was I wanting to live with her while I was divorced. And then after all that, after I got my emotional support, I went back home. Good old mum. Uh, what we did, good old mum, we all need a good mum. And then what we did with that property is we... Um, turned it, got the license to turn it into a HMO, and now we lease it, is this the right word, lease it or license it? I think we lease it now to a company who right. looks after people who might be um, like marginalised or disadvantaged, and, oh, wow. and you know what they've done? It was a seven-bed house, right. and in conversation... He said to us, and he said, oh, yeah, I need to do some extra work. Would it be okay? Because the ninth bedroom needs more work. Ninth? Uh, hello, you're paying us for seven bedrooms. So we said, oh, okay. So you've got nine bedrooms. Because we haven't gone to check or anything. But mm-hmm. I don't know how they've got another two rooms. But yeah, they've converted another two rooms. And we're just like, no, well, you we need to be paying a little bit more. Yeah, because that's not fair. That's not right. So I don't know. So yeah, we're in those. We're in that. That those difficult conversations at the moment. And then and that and that's amazing. And I'm seeing a lot of people that have done that in the past. But I'm seeing more people now that want to get into property aren't doing it because of the amount of um, before. Like you could offset the interest that you gained or the rent that you gained against your mortgage, and it was more then for more tax efficient. But now you can't. Those rules have changed. Mm. Um, and it's not as tax efficient anymore. I mean, do you think you will grow your property portfolio? Or do you think those sort of tax rules and the way it works now, that would put you off? Um, well, these are the conversations I'm having with um, our mortgage advisor. So we're definitely just being led by him. He wanted us to buy like a commercial property mm. um, from Lee. It was going for a really good price. But I, I, I just... I, I want to make sure that I have the time and passion for it because right. although yeah, we're, it's another way to generate wealth. If it takes a lot of my time, it's taking time away from me spending with my family. And I think yeah. a lot of my wealth abundance is getting that time with my family. And yeah, I, I sometimes have to weigh up mm, do I want mm. money or do I want the family. I, I totally get that. Yeah. I think you can get a little bit carried away, right? You yeah. can just get a little bit carried away with it all. And, and why? What, what's the purpose? What will yeah. that achieve at the end of the day? Like, what are you actually going to get from it? Yeah, you'll have another £100, £100,000 in the bank. But if that means that you then are working seven days or you've got yeah. to the way and checking on something all the time, is yeah, that worth that, it? The extra stress and... And I, um, I do most things for the family in the sense of I want my daughter to see, because she wants to get into property management. She's only 15. Um, she wants to get into property management. And she's actually we're trying to find colleges or sixth forms that do that. So mm. um, we haven't found one yet. But I, I want her to see that it's possible. But once she's mm. seen it's possible, that's the legacy being left. So it doesn't mean I have yeah. to continue grinding. I just need to do enough. So that she sees that it's possible. <laughs> yeah, great. No, and I think that's amazing to, for you to do that. I think, I think it's really important in this day and age that you know younger girls see that there's so much choice out there, and and men, you know, that they see there's much more choice out there. It doesn't have to be the nine to five. 
And, and like, what advice do you find yourself giving her that you wish someone gave you when you were her age? Uh, I would, the advice I'd give her, I, and the thing is, I'll give you the advice that my mum gave me. So my mum trained me from early to, but I ha- I've had a money issue growing up all my life. I don't know where it's come from. It's something I'm still trying to work out because my mum has always instilled in me about let money work for you, don't be working for money, all of those kind of good things. And she told me about investing in property quite early. So I would tell my daughter that, the same thing, but I would get my daughter to actually appreciate it earlier right. and to see the value of it earlier. Because I didn't, although I my mum told me about this, she's always, <clears throat> she's, I call her a retired millionaire because, <laughs> you, you know, if, if, if they had to look at her assets, she would be seen as a millionaire. She does nothing at home. And, <laughs> um, and she just looks after her two little kittens. But <laughs> she sounds brilliant. Um, but I had a mental money block. So although I was given the right advice, it didn't. I didn't resonate with you. Resonate. Was it because it was? Because, ugh, was that because it was your mum? Because I know, like, my, I talk to my daughter. She's like, yeah, whatever, mum. You yeah. know, was it? Is I it think, that? Yeah, I think it is. You know, they say familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. I, another like, oh, mum, yeah, yeah, and I didn't take it on. Now, I want my daughter, so I'm giving my daughter the same advice. My mum gives her the same advice. And I want her to take it like a sponge. Mm-hmm. So she's now seen the value of it. She likes to go and view houses. We pretend that we're looking for homes. So we go to, and, and I want her to walk around. There's a house at the bottom of the road. It's owned by a footballer who's selling it. And one of the things we like to do is like say that we're buying properties. Love so it. Walk around, and I bring her. She she even visited. Oh my god, this will be my room. She's into music. This will be my studio. I want her to visualize what it's like. Um. So I think I will give my daughter the same advice, but I want her to take it and run with it early. Right. I didn't do. And I find with my daughter, she um, we, we, we've got a horse and she's got very expensive taste and in horsey stuff. Um, and, you know, she she's just not one of them to go like go shopping. But when we go shopping, she's like, oh, yeah, I like this and I like that. Um, and she's got very if we go to a cheaper hotel, maybe than we would normally go to. She's like, why are we staying here? You know, she's got she's got like quite nice taste in things. And we just keep saying saying to her, um, my, my husband's just put hard handing me a cat um who because he keeps nicking our chairs uh, <laughs> we go to office to office the cat just goes to chair to chair so <laughs> podcast i now have a very fluffy cat on my lap although you can't see that i'm a cat lover i love cats oh this one's a little he's, he's actually just had um we think he got maybe clipped by a car he's been in six weeks cage rest oh. um so yeah he had a bit had the fractured pelvis but he he seems, he seems a lot better now. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so I've, I've, I sort of think it's a good thing that she's got this good taste, but what I hope doesn't happen is she gets into debt for it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's about her getting a good job or creating a good business or creating other ways to create money or have money. Um, and I think that's, you know, you see it now with YouTubers, don't you? Um, and she wants a YouTube channel, but I've got this whole push pull thing yeah. around letting her be online but actually being an entrepreneur and that's yes. how it's it's a difficult difficult juggle right it is. how old is your daughter she's 12 she's 12 yeah yeah so she's a feisty 12 
yeah. Stop going on 25, I'm sure you know what I mean with a 15 year old. They're, a, they're, they're an interesting generation, I think, where they've got women like ourselves that are, you know, successful, whatever you want to call it, like however you want to put it, that are, know what we want, we go and get it, you know, we achieve certain things, and then yeah. they see that. We're, we're, we've got this whole generation of women that I can't wait for them to have children and what type of children they will have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I find that super interesting. So, what's for your future, Michelle? What do you, if you, if I was going to say, okay, in five years, ten years, twenty years' time, what does wealth mean to you in the future? Does it mean carrying on, just you know, being able to be a grandmother? Maybe does it mean that you could retire early? Does it mean that you could carry on doing what you're doing out of choice? Does it mean having a million pound in the bank and having cats like your mum? Like, what, what does it mean? <laughs> You know what for me my my future wealth uh journey sees me in a different country almost I, really? I actually want to open a small boutique hotel in thailand do you like can i come yeah. <laughs> yeah most definitely and i want it to have like an area where if somebody wants to organize conferences they can use the facilities that's, right. that's where i see so my thing is i just need enough and a bit more to be able to facilitate that dream okay. and i want to then be able to um i want to have my own not like my own tv show well that would be great actually <laughs> but i don't know i don't i don't know if i could do that for thailand i don't know but that's what i want to do i want to have this hotel this boutique hotel i want to employ people i want to pay them fairly for the work that they do mm-hmm. I want to come and use the facilities and i just i want to i see myself sitting on my veranda looking out seeing ash just really happy and enjoying life see the husband doing his thing um, and I'm just happy that other people are happy and I've made that happen. happen. That's it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not greedy. I am not, um, I'm not materialistic. So it's the simple things in life make me happy. I just need enough and a little bit more to make it happen. Okay. So when do you think that would happen? Like when's your ambition for that? So give or take, I'm 43 now. Um, are you rolling your eyes? Yeah, I'm rolling like, my eyes. Really? <laughs> Pissed uh, off about that, like you're getting older, <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I should have had this dream when I was 30, then I can say, yeah, it's, it's going to happen when I'm 45. So, yeah, I, I'm thinking, to be realistically realistic, I like to live in realism. Um, I'm thinking another 10 years, I want to yeah. see in 10 years' time, I, I shouldn't be here. Right. I shouldn't be here. I should be already be in Thailand. I do a lot of work in the Middle East and I do, I wouldn't like to live in the Middle East, but I still want to be able to fly over and deliver my trainings and build my relationships with um, people there. So th- those are the two things. I, don't, I just don't see the UK. I think there's more to the world than the UK. That's yeah, I know. I hear you. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've got loads of animals and horses and stuff. So otherwise it would be a bit difficult to yeah. take them with me i think that's what my maybe when they're you know i'm older older that, yeah. that i definitely see myself traveling more have you heard the story about the mind valley guy you heard you know mind valley yeah yeah, yeah. i can't remember his name um yeah his name, but yeah did you hear what happened to him so he was in the u.s and he yeah. had some sort of visa in the u.s and for some reason, um, his name was similar than as somebody. It was all happening around nine yeah. eleven, and they, they, they revoked his 
like his visa and he had to basically start uh, mine valley in, not being in this like ua us company yes. but a thailand i'm sure it was thailand based yes. business yes. and he was like why would anyone come to thailand um you know there's, there's nobody in thailand in terms of the, the skill set and yeah. he grew mind valley i mean mind valley so it's massive it's massive if, if, yeah so what are you waiting for michelle yeah exactly if he can do it yeah he can do it <laughs> yeah. well, i've really enjoyed our chat today um i've got one last question i'd like to come back to and it's like the the coachy personality in me mm-hmm. and that's a point where you said that there was there's something about your money mindset yes. that you don't know where it's come from yeah. are you being are you being honest with yourself there you don't know where it's come from or do you well do you have an inkling well, I don't know, because when I think, when I, when I did a timeline on myself, somebody else did a timeline on me, and you know when they say it's probably from childhood, which I definitely agree, um, and it could be, and I think one of the questions was asked, is it from my parents, but then my mum's always been really good with money, so I haven't mm. had bad practices or bad stories around money from my parents, so I'm thinking, mm. where did it come from? But I think there was one point in my life where I was made redundant and I didn't have a job for about six months and I that crippled my mindset around money completely. Mm. I thought I'm good at what I do but yet I'm struggling to a find a job and find a job that will pay me which what I think I deserve and I remember I didn't have enough money to buy an umbrella and I remember it was raining and I could have asked my mum for the money. I'm thinking, why didn't I just ask her for the money to buy an umbrella? And I, I feel I like to be self-sufficient. And that's a, an issue that I have. And I don't like to ask people for anything. Help. Well, yeah. I struggled when I didn't have to. And like, when I tell my mum that story, she gets really hurt by it. Mm. And like, I'm always here and we're very close. And she just doesn't see. And I've seen this throughout my life, little things. And even in my business, if I'm honest, when um, people say, how much do you charge? I always err to the smaller bit because I keep thinking, oh my God, I was that one person I couldn't afford it and I wanted someone to offer me um, something at a cheaper end. So I tend to do it all the time. It's a problem. I know that. And I think that's a that problem for women and you must, you work in HR a lot. I know you do, you do a lot around visibility with business owners, but you also have your HR hat and you know, the, people not pay, women not being paid enough. Right. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't sort of go into names, but there's people that are close to me that work at businesses and they just found out like one of the senior members of staff that women that like literally at like 30, 40 grand less. And there's, 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 it shouldn't, it shouldn't be the case. Never. Yeah. And it happened. It's just, yeah, it's, and I've done, I've tried to do so much work around that this in terms of, you know, the imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome around uh, women. Why, and I did a talk on why women don't ask for more and it all stemmed from me. And I, that's why I could put my lived experience. Why did mm. I ask when I applied for a job? Although it was advertised at a certain level, I went in at that level. I see, when I sit in interviews now, the guys come in and they negotiate that the, the advertised salary and they challenge it. Yeah. Other women challenge it. So if effectively we then give it to the guy and we end up paying him more. Yeah. And then the disparity in wages, because they've already started higher than the woman. Yeah. 
and the women are really good at championing other people. Yeah, but not so much yeah, themselves. Right, not themselves. So do you think this is a society issue that women then feel that they have to behave a certain way because society would perceive them to be a bitch if they would basically do what men would do? Yeah. Or do you think it's a double-edged sword where actually men ask for what they want and they then get what they want or what they need? So I don't know if you believe very much in the sort of the woo-woo abundance side of money mindset, which is basically in a more practical sense, if you, if you ask for it, it will come. But then today, things don't like just land on your lap. So if you put five or six steps in place because you want something, then guess what? You're more likely to get it. It's like the saying, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. So, and I love that saying because it's, oh, I always say to myself, well, if you, this is not going to happen, I've got this thing going on and I've not done enough with it. And it's, okay, Becky, if, if you think you can't, or you think you can, you're probably right. So if you're thinking that you can't do that, then that's what's going to happen. So let's, let's change our mindset. Do you think it's a mindset around enoughness and self-sabotage and, you know, not wanting to be perceived as um, ballsy or arrogant? It's a societal effect. It's a societal um, impact. It's a personal impact. When I was doing research around it, it's what you were talking about, that self-sabotage. Rejection is a big thing for women. Like, it's Oh, my God, yes, that's for me. And yeah. it has such an internal detrimental impact because then you don't want to ask again. Um, and I, 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 when I had the contract in Dubai, I just got brave. I got really brave. One day, so I go from highs and lows where I get really brave and I just say this is how much I want and then other times I'm just like uh, yeah there's got to be a level of maybe it's where we're we're at on that day and if we really want the job then we're willing to bend or if we're you know we've um I don't know the mortgage interest rate on our mortgage has gone up so we're like oh I really could do an extra couple of hundred quid I'll take what I can Mm -hmm. like whereas men sort of don't think about any of those things they're just like I know this job is a bracket between 100 and 130 or 20 grand and 30 grand and I know I'm worth 30 grand so I'm taking it and all the other I think we overthink things as a as a sex whereas men are that black and white comes in and their ego kicks in because that's what's expected of them because it's a double-edged sword in that respect where you know they're not allowed to be vulnerable they're not allowed you know there's there's the other side to that you know yeah um but so what advice would you give women that you know that are employed not earning enough or they want to go for a pay rise you know the whole glass ceiling sticky floor what advice I, i think because women need to see that they are worthy of that amount of money that they want to command i always say go back and look at all the things you did this year, all the things you did last year, actually take a mental inventory and write it down because we do more than we even recognize or remember. So, and and we actually need evidence that we're good before we ask for the increase. So I always say to women, have a look at all what you've done inside the business, outside of the business, which has impacted the business, whatever. So you can see, physically see, oh my God, I am very good. Because then that reinforces that value inside and then you approach. I, I think if they don't do that and they just approach, they don't believe it themselves that I have, okay. I, I have to do it. Do, do you know, every time I put a proposal together, a HR proposal, I go back and I have to read my testimony. Right. I have to, it's, it's a... 
uh, a process I have to do because I have to remember, Michelle, you are damn good at this. You're yeah. damn good at people management strategy. You're good at dealing with organizational cultures. So mm. I have to go back and I look at all what I've done over the years. And I yeah. look at case studies. I looked at the wins and then Great I- Great advice. Great advice. And if women are struggling with that, they should go to their colleagues, right? And, and go to that vulnerable place and go, ask for help, right? And say- I've got to put this in this, in, in this like inventory together. What am I really good at? What have I done over the last few years? Can you give me a few key words that the things that I'm good at and ask four or five, six people. And I'll tell you what, you'll probably be sitting there going, Oh my God, I am awesome. <laughs> I am awesome. And you know what? Somebody, and somebody did me uh, on my birthday, someone did me a little video and the song was Michelle is amazing. And I've saved that. And he's just going, Michelle is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he's doing in the song. And she, uh, when I had a little blip. Who is this person? I want, I want him to do the <laughs> back of His name is Action Jackson. He's really big on Facebook, but he did me a lovely one minute song. And he's, I tell you, every time I have a blip, I just go on my phone and I listen to Michelle is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it just changes my whole perspective. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you, do you like go around in your dressing gown in, in your slippers singing, singing it along in your little head? And then, and then I put it, and then sometimes what I've done recently, I just thought, in case you've forgotten, Michelle is amazing. And I put it on my um, Instagram. The video is so funny. <laughs> I, I love that. But I think that's where women get scared of coming across a certain way. But I, I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I think you're awesome, Michelle. So thank, oh, thank you, you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. I knew it was going to be awesome. That is the word of the day. It's an awesome podcast with the awesome Michelle. Um, I've really loved it. Any last words of wisdom or nuggets you'd like to leave with people before we go? Yeah, I, I think, you know what? Just remember who you are and what you're called to do and go out and smash it. That is it go out and smash the day love it love it on that note sending everyone lots of love and it's goodbye from me and goodbye from michelle take care lots of love thank you thank you for joining us on today's episode of accelerate your wealth if you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential please do head over to our free facebook group the money mastery collective where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way we'd love to see you there